John Branion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Uh, Are we going to do new sound effects and intros for 2022? I've been talking about that. I've been talking about doing a new intro. For this is this is already 2022 by the time this is coming out. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, what's up, Carl? Happy New Year. Happy, happy 2022. Just when I thought they couldn't make glasses out of this. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that makes me laugh all the time. I saw this meme, Carl. Carl, if you're joining us, you're our neighbor. Carl, welcome. You're our neighbor. We're sitting around the kitchen table. Shooting the breeze. I got a cup of coffee. Saying true things. I had a cup of cappuccino, but I finished it. I was on Facebook briefly this afternoon and saw this this meme that just said, every year on New Year's Eve, I think no way they can turn this number into glasses. And, and every, every year, year, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> and it made me laugh. And Colin, who's eight, was like, what do you mean, glasses? And I said, well, son, back. Back 20, years, 20 ago, years ago, long before you were born, there was a, a millennium celebration where we were all kind of really interested in the fact that we were going to have three zeros after a two that in our year. Y2K. We were also worried that we were going to be jettisoned or propelled back into the Stone Age because we the computers had, weren't going to work anymore. We had flashlights and candles ready for New Year's. We did. Because yeah. we somehow thought We were that sure the-, the power grid was going to go down <laughs> and all of our information, our banking information was going to be erased. It was going to be the end of the world. That was, But that was... Okay, so that was a different side of things. But on the on the celebratory side, everybody was super jazzed about these cool glasses. Look at all these zeros. They had two <laughs> on one side and then three zeros, and you could look through the middle two zeros like a pair of glasses. You could, and you could wear, you could wear 2,000 on your face like a pair of glasses. <laughs> it was all very symmetrical, and yeah. it made not a ton of sense, but, no, but some it, sense. But then we discovered that you could... You could do the same thing for 2001 One. and 2002. Still the, looking through the middle. Two, all, the way, all the way to 2010. <laughs> no, then, no, 2009. 2009, right. Yeah. But then when we got to 2010, we were like, oh, no. Oh, no. What's what going to happen? Do? Now there's going to be a one where that used to be a zero. <laughs> and it turns out all they had to do was just put the zero, bump use the zero on each side of the one. Right, right. Bump the one up a little higher on your forehead. You can still peek through the zero <laughs> right. in the hundreds place and the ones place right. and they were like okay well there's another year but another what about decade. what about yeah another no, decade. no no because you could do 2011 2011 was the first time that we really started having to push because there were there was only one zero and so 2011 2012 2013 right that's what i said we, the 20 2010 gained us a year but right. then we got to 2011 right. and we had a problem yeah and we so, thought so we thought we thought there was a problem we thought well that's the end of the glasses that's it that you can wear on new year's eve to celebrate the coming new year 2011 was the year i became a mom that was the year cammy was born and i'm looking right now to see what the 2011 new year's glasses, glasses look, look like, like. so you can you can google all this you can google new year's glasses yeah. and find it 2011 new year's glasses or duck duck go if you hate google yeah it's it's basically what they're doing for this year too the 2011 where they just cut holes arbitrarily yeah, in the middle of a one <laughs> right right they don't even it doesn't even try to match the shape of the numbers anymore right. and some of them just yeah. have 
have glasses and it just says uh 2021 at the top of the glasses yeah, there's glasses and then 2020 2022 yeah this year 2022. 2022 over the top of them but like they turned them into bubble numbers you right. know what i mean like hollow right they're big old fat numbers yeah. that are hollowed out so you can look through the center mm-hmm. of them but that's cheating it's cheating and, but that's why it made me laugh that's why it's funny because now <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that you're it made a little bit of sense in 2000 you know, it was kind of clever, but now it's just, they're, they're just trying so hard. So you got my eight-year-old going, why do you want to wear glasses on New Year's Eve? Why indeed, young boy, yeah. does not remember the millennium change. Come gather around, children. <laughs> Let we me will tell you this. of this tradition. Uh, every year, I am wrong. Every year. No way we can make glasses. <laughs> no way they could turn these into glasses, uh-huh. but they can. I beg to differ. Anyway. So yeah, we are in a, in a particularly festive mood today, Carl, because tomorrow is going to be our celebration of Christmas since everybody was sick yeah. on Christmas Eve and we didn't get together like we normally do. The what? tradition is everybody comes over to our house in their pajamas. They get up, they leave their pajamas on and they come over to our house and I make pancakes and bacon and eggs. Pancakes is one of my specialties. Yeah. And I make a casserole out of the Branion eggs, mm-hmm. the Branion chicken eggs. Which I brought over to you this afternoon. Yeah, because I have to make it tonight. I make it and put it in the fridge, and then it's ready to bake in the morning. It's an overnight and breakfast we eat, casserole. We eat these breakfast foods, and then we uh, open gifts and exchange gifts. Um, we, we don't... Oh, shoot. The grown-ups don't I exchange a lot of gifts with each other because we decided a few years ago that that was a lot of work. Marlo was at my house yesterday, and I forgot to give her a check to cover our portion of your gift, and I've been forgetting for three weeks. Well, so I keep forgetting. The cool thing about I'll this probably forget the cool thing too. about this family is that we're together often enough that there's ample opportunity. No, that's the whole problem. If I only saw Marlo once a year, you would remember. I would have it more priority. Right prioritized in my true. brain it's like ah, i didn't give it to her this time i'll, I'll see, see her sunday i'll see her I'll wednesday day after tomorrow right. i've been doing it for a month now and i still haven't remembered to give it a check i was this close this close i would imagine that it's probably i mean you guys are pulling your money to buy us a present so it's probably upwards of four or five thousand dollars is your part it's substantial. right substantial <laughs> several million Good. But I was really close to I putting a check in the mail. I was like, we've been in quarantine for a week and a half. The only way this is going to get to Tim and Marla is to put a check in the mail. But I can't even seem to remember to do that. So yeah. I'm struggling. You're a bad person. But anyway. Bad person. Anyway, we're we're super happy that you're here with us today, Carl. We're in a great mood. We're looking forward to getting together tomorrow and doing what we should have done last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and then we're going to stay up late and, we'll, and play with a puzzle, put a puzzle together because we'll that's a, a puzzle New together. Year's we'll tradition. play some video games. We'll play some. We actually have board to see games. if we can successfully complete a thousand piece puzzle before midnight because for the last four years we have not. We haven't been able to. And Tabby, I have a bone to pick with because mm-hmm. two years now she has had a baby within weeks of New Year's, and then she can't keep her eyes open, and she's basically useless when it comes to putting the puzzle that's together. That's true. That's true. Tabsha. She's always exhausted. Has been. The only memory she has of New Year's two years ago when Simon was a newborn is just like the table in front of her where she was laying her forehead down on her on her arm. Because she was tired. Yes. And, she and she's going like, to be tired again this year. She was like, I'm sorry, guys. I wasn't much help with the puzzle. But here, let me get pregnant and have another baby again in December. So I can be no help with this puzzle. <laughs> so 2022, I can be no help either. Yeah, we should do. We should just put the 2022 glasses on her and let her go to sleep. 
Push her off in the corner, put the glasses on her forehead. I don't have any glasses or a puzzle yet. I have to send Luke to the store this evening. Oh, you didn't have a puzzle yet? No, I don't have the, I don't have the food for like, I need Hawaiian rolls for our pizza sliders. Good grief. I need cheese, cream cheese for dip. I need. Why are we doing a podcast? You've got other things that you should be doing. I've got bigger fish to fry. There you go. (laughs) There's the segue. (laughs) If we talked long enough, we would get there. There you go. We've arrived. All right, Carl. The reason (laughs) that we are both laughing and you're scratching your head going, what, what was funny about that? Why is that funny? Why is that funny? Uh, is because I had a couple of friends who had a conversation. Let's see, how do I put this in context? Um, one of the things that we do on this podcast frequently is we will we will give true life stories, but we don't mention specific names because the names of individuals are not important, and we're not we're not trying to out somebody for their silliness um, right. so that you can personally go to them and say haha they made fun of you on a podcast right it's not about gossiping it's about not about individual. gossiping right it's we're, about learning. We're, we're talking about a concept here and uh, so i'm going to tell you this little i'm going to tell you this story with no names because the names aren't important all that matters is the concept so well, my two plus, friends are having a conversation. Plus, if we say it without a name, you'll automatically put another name in that slot because you're probably going to know somebody, perhaps yourself, who is uh, who is like this. this yeah. Right? There's a, this sort of thing happens frequently. All right. So there's a, a guy uh, who goes to uh, another mutual friend of ours who uh, who passed away, and uh, that's that's sad. And so my friends were uh, getting together. One of them was going to deliver the eulogy, and the other one was going to do the uh, gravesite service. Yeah, the ser- well, the service, the sermon part. Oh, of it. okay. And I so, wasn't there, so I don't even know the sermon part of it. And I honestly, I was a little confused. I thought that the two, I thought it was both. Both of those things were called the eulogy, but apparently, I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, so they're getting together, and they're spending they're spending time. Uh, talking about what the service is going to be like. And the one guy who's doing the sermon is telling my other friend, he goes, oh, I've just been so busy. It, it takes me It takes me two days to get ready to do a funeral. And my friend is commenting to me, and he's saying, how's that even possible? How's it, how can it take two days to get ready to do a funeral? He says, I can do a funeral in you know, 15 minutes. Right. Because I just know the person, and even if I don't know the person, I've I've done enough funerals. I can get up and I can just kind of shoot from the hip and say it doesn't require that much preparation. Right, is what he's saying. And so he's telling me, he goes, "How does it, how is it taking him that long?" So he says to me, uh, "I've just been so busy. I've been uh, I've got so much. Christmas is coming up. You know, all the holidays. We got to get ready for for this service on Christmas Eve, and we've right. got the, the Sunday services that we normally have to do." The, he goes. And uh, this, so this funeral coming along, frankly, I've got bigger fish to fry. Right. <laughs> and, and then my friend <laughs> says to me. freaked you out, or freaked your friend Yeah, it freaked him out. He goes, what the heck? How can he he's say got, something like he's that? He's got bigger fish to fry than a funeral for a pillar in our church. Right, long-term A guy member. who's been a member of the church for 35 years, yeah. and he's got bigger fish to fry. Right. And so I, I had to explain to my second friend. Yeah. I said, what you, what you need to know is that uh, this other friend is not a particularly gifted communicator. Right. He's, he's not saying what he means. He's not saying what he means. Yeah. You have to read between the lines and understand the intention, not actually listen to the words right. themselves. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's, it's the sort of a thing 
It's actually a scene from a sitcom. I can see I can right. see the preacher in a sitcom saying, you know, I've got bigger fish to fry than this guy's funeral, well, and everybody would laugh. totally an episode of Seinfeld. Right. Like, Seinfeld would say something like, you know how there's those people who don't actually know what things are supposed to mean, and they throw in these cliches at yes. all the wrong times? Yes, and there are many of those people in our culture now who have, who their entire language, their whole lexicon of vocabulary is nothing except idioms that they've picked up right. in some place or another. And so what my friend was trying to say is, I am feeling overwhelmed right now. It's right. a very busy time of the year. He meant, I have a lot on my plate. I have a lot on my That's plate. That's another idiom That's you could use. That's the idiom that he could have used <laughs> right. and should have used. And it's sort of related I to food as fish is. I have fish on my plate. I have a lot of fish on a my plate right fish. now. <laughs> right. That would have been better. That would have made some sense. That would have been better. Yeah. What he did not intend to communicate is there are more important things in my life than this man's right. death right that but was, that is what he said that's what he said by mistake but he accidentally he said there are more important things than this man's funeral right and so we thought that right. it right, would right, be right. appropriate to talk about that because there is a uh and i guess there always has been a bit of a uh epidemic of people saying things when they don't they don't know what they're saying they right. they think they're communicating some idea but they're communicating a lot of times the opposite of what they're trying to say sometimes yeah uh, i talked about this with luke the other day luke is my husband carl and uh i was I, a podcast ninja <clears throat> yeah we call him the podcast ninja but uh, I I was explaining that exact story to him, and he wasn't surprised. He knows all the players involved, right. and he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit, but <laughs> in a good-natured way. Like, we, you know, all the people that are involved in that anecdote are friends, and we love them. Right. But, we're, not say, we're not saying that these are bad people, right. and we're not saying that these are people that we wish ill upon. Right. These are just, these are friends of ours but he who said, don't speak clearly. Luke works in leadership in the hospital now, and so he primarily is sending emails or he's in meetings every single day. So he has to listen to people say things, usually badly, uh -huh. all the time. And just take it. And so he says to me, I'm just getting really annoyed sometimes. <laughs> like lately, I've just been really annoyed by how the dumb things that people say. Like that's what he, that's how he described it. Welcome to the table, Luke. I'm really annoyed by the dumb things people say. And, and it's because we have high standards for them, because we like them, and because we want to have a, a good dialogue with these people, right. that it's frustrating when they're unable to express themselves right. in a coherent way. And so I said to Luke, you know, the image I get in my mind is like this patchwork quilt that people have constructed out of various memes and and maybe movie quotes or song lyrics or something. Like right. it's just this big All, They're completed phrases that they have picked up. Right. And not they have they have not assembled these phrases with their own thoughts. Right, right. They've, oh, you know, I just thought of another example too, from when I was teaching in the daycare. And there was a little boy who was about four who I was trying to teach how to say, may I, because he would say, can I, all the time. <laughs> I may I have story. cereal? May I get a toy? May I get down? You know, right. May I be excused? And may, he would, I, may I And go he kept saying, can I? can I? Can I, can I, can I, can I? And so I would say, may I? And then he would go, may can I? Mm -hmm. Because in his mind, 
can I was one word. It right. wasn't, you couldn't substitute may for can, like I was trying to get him to do. Right. Because whenever it would come out of his mouth, it was just one may word. May can I. Can I is like just one word. And so in his mind, they can't be separated. And so that's kind of what it is with adults now who have put together a series of words that they don't separate ever. Like, I have bigger fish to fry. I or, have bigger fish to fry is is what he thinks means that I'm stressed and anxious about all right. that I have there's to do. There's a lot of big things There's going a lot on. of things on my plate. Right, because right. the word big is in <laughs> right, there. Right. And there's a lot of stuff going on, and, there's, and it's big in my mind. All of it seems big. Yeah. But instead of thinking of how to say that more clearly, like I just did, and unpacking it and breaking up the words so that you could keep the ones that actually make sense and get rid of or discard the ones that don't, right. it's all part of the same package, like the word can I. Right. May it, can I? It's all stuck together. And so instead of breaking them apart. Making I fry these bigger fish. And constructing new phrases that are better serving your purpose. They right. don't know how to do it. They don't know how to break up those chunks of verbiage that's that are because, in their minds. And that's because people don't know what words mean right. anymore. People, people think in terms. People think in complete thoughts. People think in bullet points. People think in talking points. And so they don't. I think it's even worse than that. I think more more emotion I think people are just generally trying to express three or four different types of emotion. And they're that's happy, it. they're sad, they're overwhelmed. Angry. Yeah. Angry might be one. Maybe maybe there's a handful of, of emotions. Half a dozen emotions that yeah. people feel. Yeah. And they are and they're simply expressing those emotions with every phrase that they utter. Right. Like right now Colin's in the back and I didn't hear any in this, I've got headphones on, so I didn't distinguish any of those words. But they're just generally excited words. Yes. He's excited about something. Something is going on. He's piloting a helicopter over a forest. And yes. something is going <laughs> Something is going well. his way. Yeah. He's excited. Um, and so anything coming out of his mouth right now in this moment is going to be, I'm excited. I've got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> happy, happy, happy. That's, that's it. <laughs> right. Um, but then there are other times where something isn't going his way in his video games. And we've heard this, the angry I've got sounds. bigger fish to fry. <laughs> no, more like... Yeah, kind of like that. And more like, I hate this. I The word hate comes out of his mouth anytime he's I hate mad. these big fish I have to fry. In fact, the other day, I hope he's listening to this right now because it will be a good review. The other day, he actually made the mistake of saying, I hate this game. In front of his mother. While I was listening. Yeah. And I said, that is not what you mean. You are not saying accurately what you're trying to articulate. You can say, right now, I'm very frustrated with this game. Or you can say, I want to say angry words, you know, if that's I'm how you feel. I big, feel big, mad. Big but, but if you say, I hate this game, and I take you at those words that you carelessly tossed out, I'm going to turn the game off and yep. do you a favor. You're going to lose it because you hate this thing, and so I will take I'll away take the away thing that you. you hate. Right, and, and if you're upset about that, it's obviously because you didn't mean to communicate, I hate this game right. after all. Because you would thank me for taking away a thing that, hate yeah, that you hate if you actually hate it yeah. and i'm just hoping that through this you know thought exercise this mindfulness exercise that by the time he's 25 35 72 going to a going to a funeral he will and talking to somebody in the car before yeah. he talks yeah and that was where my conversation with luke ultimately went the other day when we were discussing this i was like you know people just assemble this patchwork quilt of nonsense verbs 
or, you know, verbiage. And they, they think that they're expressing themselves when all they're doing is just saying, I'm angry or I'm happy or I'm whatever. I'm overwhelmed. And I said, I think we need to hammer it into adults in this culture, what we're trying to hammer into our children, which is it's sinful to open up your mouth and let words tumble out when you haven't thought about them first. Or, yeah, yeah, because the, the, uh, the tendency is to take something like this and go, well, you know, he just, he just used the wrong phrase and kind of laugh it off. Right. But, but even that didn't happen because my first friend called me and told me the story. He didn't stop my second friend and say, what wait, what mean? did you just say? Right. <laughs> he didn't say, you realize what you just said, that you just, you just said that this funeral wasn't important. Right. And then, and that would have been okay to do under those circumstances. It might have embarrassed the uh, the first friend, or I, I'm getting the out of order which ones they are. Right. But the problem is that they don't know each other very well. I know both of them, but they don't know each other right. very well. Well, and they never will if they don't actually practice. That's trying my to point. My better. point is that you don't get to know a person when you let them say something like "I've got bigger fish to fry" and use it incorrectly, and then you just let it go. You got to call people out and it's even okay to laugh a little bit right. it's because I, unless the person is a jerk, which they're probably not, I don't think that's what you meant. I don't think you mean that there are more important things in right. this funeral, right. do and, you? Well, and that's where people might say, well, then why don't you just let it go? Because you know that they don't mean to be a jerk. And so you Correct. can be gracious and just sweep that under the rug. Right. And that's, that's what leads to what you're suggesting is that there's a perpetuation of miscommunication. Right. These people habitually and forever say wrong words because no one ever makes it a big enough deal to call right. them out on it. Well, actually, I would, I would continue to use the phrase careless Sin. words yeah. because the Bible, specifically our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, speaks directly about careless words in Matthew 12. And he says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. That's, that's pretty serious. And I think, again, I think that people want to be judged according to their intentions, but yes. at the same time, they're not being intentional about what they allow their tongue to say. They're not being intentional to say what they truly mean. Um, right. They're being and, well, and they're not being, and, and it doesn't, they're, right, they're not communicating what they intend. They're not being thoughtful enough or putting in the effort to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I say correctly this? and accurately communicate what I'm feeling to right. this other individual? How do I say this to the glory of God? How can I be a good steward of the breath in my lungs and the vocal cords in my throat? And, well, know? and if we how haven't given that? them the benefit of the doubt, if we weren't the type of people who would give the benefit of the doubt and, and go out of our way to go, okay, let me try to understand what he's trying to say. Right. If we were the sort of person who just took his words right. at face value, we'd be offended. We'd be offended. Right. I, I am constantly wary, wary? Yes, tired. I'm tired from all the like translating I have to do all the time. All of the like pausing and considering and like analyzing that I have to do with people who are so careless with their words that they have no idea how they're coming across. Like all the time I'm exhausted from like, okay, I know they just said X, Y, Z, but what they actually mean what is they ABC. Mean is, yeah. And it's, it's tiresome. It's tiresome to be 
to be as careful as I try to be with my words. I mean, not to not to praise myself <laughs> or toot my own horn, but seriously, I was saying this to you well, the other day too. Well, that's because that's the way we're wired up. We're wired up to care a lot about right. making sure we're understood. For as long as I can remember, like literally being a very little kid. And I remember hearing that, that you know, Jesus is the way and the truth and the light and that telling a lie is wrong. It's one of the 10 commandments. You shouldn't bear false witness. And I read about Jesus saying that we will give account for careless words. And I've read about how in Proverbs, it says that wise people consider their words and all of this stuff. And I'm like, this is a big deal. This seems to be important. It's a big deal. I was probably 10 years old and maybe even younger thinking to myself, wow, whenever I speak, I probably better make sure that I know what I'm talking about. And even if I make a mistake sometimes, like at least I need to consider it ahead of time and do my best not to say something that doesn't line up with reality. It's as much as possible you right. try to say true things. And I was a really quiet kid. Like Carl may have a hard time believing this if, if he's listened to the podcast <laughs> at all, but I do a lot of talking now. But seriously, as a kid, I was a listener. I would listen to the adults speak. I would listen to my friends talk. I would take in everything from like commercials on TV to, you know, ads on the radio. I would read the box of cereal, the you know, the back of the box of cereal and stuff. Yeah. And I was constantly weighing that and going, all right, does this line up with reality? You know, does this make sense? Or is this something that is misleading? Are these careless words? Or careless, yeah. Is it in any way like misdirecting people in a way that's not going to glorify God? And I wouldn't have communicated it that way at the right, time. Right, because you were that's, 10. That's what I was doing. Right. And so I was always interested in in truthfulness. And so when I hear people who are, you know, older than I am in, and have been Christians longer than I have, not being careful with their words, I'm like, do you read your Bible? Like, do you, <laughs> what's <laughs> kinda, going on here? Kind of makes you suspicious of everything when they. Yeah. And, yeah. I do, and I can't trust them then. If you're a person who just speaks thoughtlessly, you know, or without wisdom or without care, then, then yeah, I have to be on my guard around you. I have to do what I described just a moment ago where I'm constantly exhaustingly going, okay, did they just say actually things that they want me to hear and, and analyze or did they just say something right. that's a throwaway well, word? How many times have we had the quote grammar Nazis apologize to us for being grammar Nazis? I've had people right. write to me, uh, send me emails or private messages and say, it's driving me crazy. You're not using the proper apostrophe in right. this blog post. And I'm like, never apologize for that. Never apologize for correcting me when I make a mistake. Right. You go, I know I'm being, I know I'm being uh, petty and I know I'm being nitpicky here. Well, the and word it's like, is, you're not being nitpicky. The word is pedantic. Nobody wants to be. And nobody wants to be pedantic. Nobody, nobody wants, wants to be, to, nobody wants to lecture you in. To be irritating. This is what it says on the interwebs. It, typically describes an irritating person who's eager to correct small errors that others make. And, and nobody wants to do that except I do. <laughs> I do. You have the gift of pedanticism. Pedantry. Is that Pedan right? Pedantry. Pedantry. Loquialism. I just, I just would rather be with a person who considers what they're saying than a person who basically has these like verbal, hiccups all the time like right. what's the purpose of listening i might as well go listen to the bees buzz and the birds tweet I, you know i liken it to uh telling people when their zipper is down or when they have food in the corner of their mouth it's like what what's wrong with that that's actually an act of kindness if you if my zipper is down and you notice it and say nothing to me but send me out into the world to try to 
get along. Right. It's like you haven't done me any favors. Well, All again, you've done is is save yourself a little is, bit of icky feelings. What's like the you're, difference between what you're doing when you want to sit at the kitchen table and just kind of belch noise out and and listening to a dog pant, you know, or a or a cat meow, like we or a are, dog lick himself. Our Blake <laughs> does that. It's so it's gross. Ugh, he just he constantly. Well, but people who are not himself. great at communicating, and I understand that it is a skill and it takes work to hone it. I get that. But people who are not great at communicators usually let themselves off the hook with with verses like "Make a joyful noise unto the Lord," and and that. Well, people also use uh, non scripture like if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. No, that makes my point. I'm I'm in I'm in that corner. I'm in the corner of if you can't say something true. And thoughtful and careful. Oh yeah, but don't I, say no. At I was all. talking when somebody when somebody uses careless words, and you notice that you don't say anything because you would consider that not oh. being nice. No, no. I'm t- I'm asking, what is the purpose of human communication? Why did God say give us things. the ability with our minds and our vocal cords? Why did He allow us to to at least some of us, you know, hone the skill of being to able say to true things and glorify Him? Right. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. you're no better than. Well, the Bible says a clanging cymbal. But that's if you don't have love. I would also say if you're if you're just making noise, even if it's a joyful one, go do it by yourself. You know, the birds will keep tweeting whether we're sitting there listening to it or not. But if I'm going to have a conversation with another intelligent human being, I want it to make sense and I want it to be carefully considered so that even if we're wrong, even if we say some things that it turns out don't line up with reality. And for that, we have that will happen. That will happen. Um, but even if that happens, at least we are both agree when we come to the table that the words we say matter and that we're going to try as far as it depends on us to glorify God with them as an act of worship. Right. And so the the wrong approach to this sort of podcast conversation is to be offended or to to suggest that the person who is being pedantic, if you will, is the bad guy there's the person right. who's wrong right. because they're being petty or uh, or arrogant well, that's because a lot of times or condescending in this culture or, we have come to believe that things like um careless words or or other things the bible talks about um profanity or what what's the word taking the lord's name in vain that's another one taking the lord's name in vain or anytime it talks about like ugly words or bad words we think the bible is talking about four letter words right and we that's think the it. bible is exclusively talking about swear words right <laughs> so they're like yeah. you're the one who's actually in the wrong john because you have a tone that i don't like and so you right. must be the one who's guilty of these careless you're not words supposed to let unwholesome talk come out of your that's, mouth that's that was the phrase i was looking for unwholesome right. talk you're being unwholesome or um yeah, yeah. Uh, they think that when the Bible, any any place in the any Old or sort New of Testament, criticism is unwholesome talk in this culture. Any any right. kind of declaration that you have made a mistake, right, is unwholesome. In, in this culture, you must be guilty of unwholesome talk when you make me feel bad. When you make me feel bad. When yeah. you make me feel stupid right. or embarrassed. And that's just not accurate. I think that the Bible is pretty clear that unwholesome talk is the kind of talk that you detach your brain from like when you're just going along to get along because you're trying to be nice rather than be truthful i think that's actually unwholesome talk that's profane that's profane yeah well and it goes along with the other uh little exchange that i had 
with on uh, with a per- this is a stranger I don't know who this person is but there was a meme on one of the goofy lefty uh, millionaire all people who are millionaires are bad and we should kill them one it was of the, an anti capitalist one, one of those groups yeah <laughs> anti capitalist and it down was with capitalism something about the, the meme said I would gladly pay fifty cents more for a burger if it meant that the person serving the burger wouldn't have to hold three jobs just to survive. All right. That's so sweet of them. Yeah, it is sweet of them. They're such a great person. It is. It's a a beautiful, beautiful human being. People who share that meme are much better than me. They are smarter (laughs) than me and they have a bigger heart than me. And so I wanted to encourage the person proposing that (laughs) meme. And so I said, there is absolutely nothing preventing you from overpaying for burgers. Go forth and make the world a better place. Right. It's kind of like a few years ago when I suggested that anybody who wanted to give on Giving Tuesday could give to the federal government if sure. they really wanted to. Sure. If they really believed it There's was actually a, a box charity. on your tax form that says right. if you want to overpay your taxes and give us right. more money, you can do it. That's why I said. If you really believe that the, that the correct thing to do is to give to government because they're the best charity, do then it. go for it. Empty your pockets. Empty yeah. your bank account. Send it all to the government. Nothing's stopping you from doing that. Right. And uh, so I said that I said you can you can pay as much as you want for a burger. Just hand hand the cashier as much money as you want. Yeah. Um, and one of the comments that I got, none of them were positive. Nobody <laughs> nobody was supportive of me. Uh, but one of the comments simply said, "This makes no sense. Mm-hmm. This makes no sense." Right. And it, this is kind of what started the, the concept between peaches and i about this topic that there are there are people who will say when at at, for the, at their gut level reaction their, their first reaction to something when you say it is that doesn't make any sense what you just said makes no sense mm-hmm. what they should say if they're trying to be careful with their words right. is i don't understand you right i don't understand what you're talking about I am not comprehending Correct. the words that are coming out of your mouth. But they're not trying to be careful with their words. No. They're just expressing an emotion. So they're declaring that what you said doesn't make any sense. Right. And the problem is that there's a ch- pretty good chance that they're wrong about that. Because just because they think it doesn't make any sense doesn't mean that somebody else isn't understanding it. Right. And it doesn't mean that I'm spewing nonsense. Right. It, it just means... They're not I mean, getting there it. There are some things, and somebody else pointed this out in your comments on Facebook. There are some things that genuinely don't make sense. There That's are true. Contradictory, but I illogical things that get said on the internet sometimes. That is true. But just because you don't understand what a person is saying does not mean they're guilty of that. Right. Um, and, so, and it's kind of like this is similar to when you posted about Kyle Rittenhouse a couple of days ago, like a week ago, and somebody in the comments wrote, I support. Everything, anything, anything, anything that Kyle says, Kyle says yeah. or does the same thing. The same thing happened when I was critical of Lauren Daigle a couple of years yes. ago, and that lady came up and said, "I, what I is praise it? Lauren I Daigle, praise didn't she? Lauren Daigle, or it was something, I praise Lauren for her bravery. I praise the name of Lauren Daigle. Was I it think something, it was like, something that? like that? Yeah, it was something. Carl, it was obnoxious, outrageous. <laughs> I praise the name of Lauren Daigle. <laughs> it was oh obviously, just like. She was not thinking about the words themselves. She was no. just trying to express how she, she nice she was. She was expressing that Lauren. she supports Lauren right. Daigle in her in her ministry as a singer. Right. And that's not at all what I was criticizing. Right. 
So I praise, I think it was, I praise the name of Lauren Daigle. I'm pretty sure it was. Which is the kind of sentence you would construct if you've got a patchwork quilt mind and you just throw together things that you think make sense when they don't. Right. But, um, but I was going to say the guy, after somebody said, I will support anything Kyle says or does, (laughs) this other guy wrote underneath that, amen. Amen. Right. Amen. So be it. Yeah. And so, same thing he would say at the end of the Lord's Prayer. I wanted to see if, if I could get any headway with this guy and be like, you know, you realize that amen is a super inappropriate thing to say underneath the declaration that you will support anything if Kyle says. If you're being says. careful with words. Right, if you're thinking about the meaning of things. Right. And I told the guy, I understand a lot of times people use words like amen and they think it just means I would have written this same comment. Like, it's just a way of saying, I agree. It's a way of saying, I agree. Right. It's a way of saying, ditto. And right. I said, it's like when we say, and bless that's, you, that's after the a sneeze. Reason, the reason that got started is because that was a thing that started happening in churches decades ago, eons ago, where people would support the minister by saying, amen. It was an ancient, like, amen was an ancient verbal version of a Facebook thumbs up. Yeah. It or was a verbal Instagram version heart. of, you go. Right. Me too. Like, but it doesn't actually Darn mean that. straight. It's supposed to mean, let it be so, Lord. It's right. like a prayer. It's a very, very short prayer saying, basically, your will be done, God. Right. Um, and But this as is what we is, would like. Yeah. As it is in heaven, so let it be. I tried here. to explain that to this gentleman. I said, you know, what was, what was said here was, I will support, I will follow Kyle. Now, if a person says... I support anything the Holy Spirit says or does, or Amen. I support anything that God wants to do with us. Let it be so, Lord. Amen. Right. But to just tag on an amen because you like a person's Facebook comment is a little bit sacrilegious. It's a little reckless. A little blasphemous. And he was like, well, I'm sure you're a better Christian than I am. Right, that's where it always goes. That's that's what I'm saying. When you've got these people who are not good with words and right. they're not thoughtful people who immediately become defensive right. when you suggest that they are being reckless with their words. Right. And so they so they just make it worse. Their their immediate reaction is to be reckless with more words right. now. It doesn't it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't think about why we say bless you when a person sneezes, for example. But it does make you a more careful person when you do think about why do we say bless you when a person sneezes? Right. What do, what we do mean? I mean when I say that? What, why do I mean that? Another example too, um, real real quick, we had an email a couple, like just today I think, where somebody was, was saying that I used the term birthing person in yes. an episode a few, few weeks ago. First of all, guarantee you if I said the word, and I probably did, I was being tongue in cheek. Being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. I don't really think we should refer to mothers as birthing people. No, we um, think that's silly. But the the suggestion to me was maybe you should stick to moms to be or or expectant mothers. And I would say I've already thought about the phrase mom to be, <laughs> and I actually don't think that's as careful as you want to be. I don't think that we want to suggest. What's wrong with moms to be? I don't think we want to suggest that a person's only a mom when the baby comes out. And is born, and then they're a mom. They're a mom to be if they're not pregnant yet. <laughs> but as soon as they're pregnant, they are a mom. They're not a mom to be. See what hmm. I'm saying? Hmm. When you suggest that that they are a mom to be, then a woman who has a miscarriage so a mom never to be became is a mom. A, is a woman who is uh, walking down the aisle to get married. Sure. Yeah, if you want to assume. Well, and again, it has to do with God's will. I mean, you never know if a person's going to have fertility issues or you know be unable to get pregnant somebody who is trying to conceive actively a potential mom to consider that they're a mom to be but yeah by the time the woman is pregnant she's a mom 
And so, um, so it's just, that's the way my brain has always worked. I know. I know. I've, I had a similar conversation, I, I guess today that some of the, most of the things I get in trouble for my, my arrogance, my condescension, my, my hard opinions, right. it's not intentional. It's just the way my brain works. Right. And I, and I have the same thoughts about myself and towards myself that I fire off at the rest of the public. Right. So I don't, I don't intentionally sharpen my words when I throw them at you. I am, these are the same words that happen inside my own brain. Right. This is the same criticism that I level at myself all the time. Right. Am right. I being reckless with words? Am I being stupid? Right. I said something on the way over here. I glanced at the, uh, uh, at the thermostat on my little dashboard has a thermostat that tells the outside's temperature. Mm-hmm. It was 41 degrees. And I'm talking to myself. I talk to myself all the time. You're like your mom. Uh, Grandma Turbo talks to her. I talk to myself. And uh, <laughs> so it's like 41 degrees. I go, well, it's not as cold as it could be. And then immediately my voice said, well, there's a statement that didn't have to be said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a thing that you never need to say. It's not as cold, it's not as, as, cold it as it could be. could be. Yeah. But see, that's the sort of thing that I would say to somebody else, and they would be offended because you, oh, you, you got such a smart mouth. I guess, you, I guess you're perfect, and you never. It's like, no, no, I'm not perfect. Yeah, but that's I, the reason I detect it in you is because I see it in myself. I refuse to be defensive about it, though. Like I refuse to put my hands up in the air and be like, "Whoa, hang on, I think the same thing toward myself too." It's like. Okay. But I do, I'm not being defensive. Well, I'm being they. honest. I'm being careful with my words, Peach, and explaining. There is no excuse for a Christian person to be mad at another person for thinking too much. There's no excuse for you to say or to even suggest to another person that their thinking, their thoughtfulness, their care with their words is somehow like you say, arrogant or right, but they're not—they're not thinking th- that I'm overthinking it. They're, they're not thinking at all. That's the whole problem. Well, I agree, <laughs> but what? In, but in their mind, from their perspective, which is what we do on this podcast, is we help people understand their perspective. Uh, what they're doing is they—they they think that I am not being thoughtful. They think that I'm the one who's being reckless and not thinking about how my words are going to affect the person who's listening. Right. They think that I'm not thinking about right. that. And all all. I'm saying is rather than like trying to peer into my own head and try to explain to them what I'm actually doing, because I don't think it matters. That would be defensiveness, by the way, if they think you're being reckless and you go, wait, 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 I think the same sort of criticism of my own words. I'm not interested in that. I just want to show them Matthew 12 and say, how do you explain Jesus telling you you will be held accountable for every careless word? This is why this is why the peaches has the reputation for being even f- more fierce than me. Yeah. Everybody everybody criticizes me for being harsh and and uh, and blunt until they meet you. And then they meet you and it's like, well, I guess John's not quite the demon that I thought he was. We, get, we better go back and talk to John some more because We better go fun. apologize to John because he's much easier to no, get along with. No, they're not going to apologize to you. They're going to blame you for me. <laughs> I would think sarcastic. They, they've done that many times. Ah, I see what you've done. You've I see what corrupted. you've done. You've You're created. so awful that you've corrupted <laughs> you've, an entire other generation you've of You've replicated Brandians. yourself only worse. <laughs> yeah, it's I just I don't know what else to do with that verse. I don't know what else to do with the men, the multitude of other verses in Proverbs written largely by the wisest man who ever lived. Right. When there's he's saying think think stop apologizing for thinking too much. Stop apologizing for I'm not apologizing. No, no, no. I'm not talking to you specifically now. Okay. I'm saying 
for those who are like, oh, I'm sorry for being pedantic, like we were talking about. I'm sorry I'm a word Nazi. Sorry I'm a grammar Nazi. Sorry. Grammar Nazi. Oh, sorry. Like, we're only apologizing because our culture values stupidity and carelessness now. Correct. Right. That's it. And we, we pander. We pander to recklessness and right. carelessness. We pander to the angry people who right. are doing immeasurably more harm than I'm doing right. by saying true things well, with we, a little bit of a biting tone. We feel bad when people are uncomfortable around us. And I get this. I understand that people are a bit intimidated or they're afraid to come to the table where I'm sitting because they're like, oh, I know how she is. She's got this reputation. And She's going to find something wrong with me. We, so we're, uh, we feel bad when a person thinks that about us. But honestly, that discomfort is so healthy for people. Like I've felt that discomfort like when I was a 10 and 12 year old listening to the adults talk. I was right. careful because I didn't want to speak up and, and have that discomfort right. heaped on me. I didn't want to say something stupid or embarrassing or whatever. And so as a result, I think that I was able to grow in important ways that Americans who had nicer family members, for example, right. never grew. Right. They were stunted. Nicer family members who never told them that they were that they just said a dumb thing. Right. They never laughed at them. They never um, they never corrected them. They never yep. stopped them when they were screaming, I hate this video game, and right. said, all right, I'm going to turn it off then. You right. know? Feeling that that's the price. The price that you pay for wisdom is occasionally feeling dumb. Right. You occasionally feel stupid. Right. And that is how you know that wisdom is coming to think, visit you. Do you think you can come to f appreciate that pain the way that gym rats like to feel the burn? Uh, I don't know. I kind of do already. I sort of do like, like when you somebody, feel like you had a good workout well, because you're fires so off, sore. When somebody <laughs> fires off a good piece of uh, truth that I hadn't thought about before, or when somebody catches me in something that's obviously, you know, incorrect. Like, like if somebody else had said, when I said, well, it's not as cold as it could be. If somebody else had been in the car and said, well, there's, you know, anything. We wouldn't have to say anything. Yeah, just look they at could you. have just looked at me. <laughs> and I would have been like, you're right. <laughs> Don't say You're it. right. I deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, can you, like, wake up the next day with sort of a, a little feeling a little, of tension in your calves? Uh, a little burn. You're like, wow, that was a good. That was a good. <laughs> that was a good shot. That was a good bit of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you can. So. Uh, Instead of seeing it as always a bad thing because you got laughed at or because you got made fun of or because That's, you... You're yeah. talking about our whole podcast here. The whole, our whole podcast is about how it's being laughed at is the goal. It should be the goal for us to be the people who are the targets of ridicule and mockery. It's um, good for you. It's good for it's good you. good for your mind. You are much less likely to embarrass yourself on your way to a funeral saying a thing you don't actually need. Saying mean. a thing like you've got bigger fish to fry. Right. Because you're... Uh, you're careful. You're much less likely to scream, I hate this game, in a fit of rage and passion. And you're much more likely to be uh, to be as happy as we are. <laughs> and even when it's not Christmas. How's that? How's that for a bookend? I, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Carl. You can find John Branion on MeWe, Gab, and YouTube. Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. We've loved having you at our table, neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you.